You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors. I'm Corey Janoff, joined as always by Rochelle Vanderzanden. Hello. And... We are recording this episode on the heels of the spark of the conflict in Israel. Uh, conflict puts it mildly, um, which I'm sure has raised a lot of eyebrows and created some elevated concern for many people worldwide. Um, you know, not to mention there's a war between Russia and Ukraine. Tensions are heating up between the U.S. and China. Even domestically, our own Congress can't seem to agree on anything. Um, and, you know, we're not here to, today to talk about how shitty the world is sometimes, but, um, you know, or politics, but, uh, you know, oftentimes when some of these headlines come about, you know, a common question we'll get during times like these is how do these events impact my investments or should we be doing anything differently in light of this news? And Rochelle and I, we have a favorite answer for these questions and many others, and that is... It depends. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends what you are investing for and the time horizon of those investments, what your objectives are, etc. Um, so let's kind of you know try and separate our emotions and feelings and what's going on in the world and political views uh, from our investments and really focus on those investments, our investment strategy, and come up with a sound plan. Ideally, when times aren't crazy um, in your in your personal life, so that you can have a strategy in place for when times do get crazy, you, you've got something to fall back on and stick to. So, where should we start here, Rochelle? Well, I think the the first thing is that when you're in a fairly calm emotional state, which can be really hard sometimes, but you want to sit down and think about what your goals really are. So, like, why are you investing? What is the purpose of your investments? And it's probably more than one thing. You know, you may have some accounts that are specifically for retirement. You may have some money that's specifically set aside for emergencies or for a home down payment. You may have some money that's set aside for college, for some kiddos. Like there's lots of different things that you may have goals for. And when we're thinking about what you do with that money that's for that particular goal, it should be different depending on what the goal is. Outside of like whatever's happening in the world, let's focus in on like what are we trying to achieve here. If it's long-term retirement money that you're not going to touch for 20 plus years if you're still a little ways out from retirement, then that's going to be really different from how we treat the money that you're saving for a home down payment in hopefully two years. Like those are completely different strategies. Um, if it's a play account where you're making short-term trades to try to capitalize some gains or and take advantage of potential opportunities, we talked about that a little bit in our last episode, then that's going to be much different from either of those other two purposes. So those are really the things that you have to sit down and, and look at every once in a while. And that's why we encourage people 
to really give their financial plan a, a once over every six to 12 months just to get an idea of what are my goals? Am I doing the right things to work towards these goals? Do I need to make adjustments? And that's the time when we make adjustments, not because of the news cycle, not because of things that are making us feel like we have to react, like we're reacting to adjustments to our goals, not necessarily to the news cycle. When it comes to the investments, reactions are perfectly appropriate in other places. But generally speaking, when we're looking at our investments, we don't want to, you know, change a lot of things just because of what's going on right this second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's always something crazy happening in the world like any given hour any given day you can find something terrifying concerning heartbreaking surprising insert adjective here that's happening in the world around us um you know globally you know we've had world war ii we've had vietnam korea cold war the fall of the soviet union there's been coups there have been civil wars terrorist attacks COVID, Ebola, swine flu. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And even domestically, um, you know, presidential and civil rights leaders have been assassinated. We've had the World Trade Center bombings, 9-11, mass shootings, you know, not to mention natural disasters like Katrina, earthquakes, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes um you know when, when looking at you know u.s uh and specifically u.s politics is the united states congress has been a dysfunctional swamp of disappointment since 1776 yet u.s stocks have done great ever since so again we, news headlines what's going on in the world different from our investments um you know and like rochelle mentioned what are we investing for you know, that's first and foremost, what are, what are we trying to do? And I think one of the first things that then dovetails off of that is what is the time horizon for this investment? You know, if we need the money soon, we really want to minimize risk of short-term loss. You know, that home down payment in the next year or two, don't really care if that money grows in value. I just don't want it to go down in value because then you have less than what you started with when you actually need the money. Long-term money, though, like for many of you listening, you know, you're marking money for retirement, or even if you're in retirement, hopefully you have another you know, 20, 30 plus years to go in retirement. You, you still have a long time horizon for some of your money. And our biggest concern in those scenarios with our long-term money is inflation and, and allowing our money to grow over time to outpace inflation over the long haul so that we can maintain our purchasing power throughout our lifetime. You know, cost of living is going to go up, you know, every, you know, 20, 25 years, cost of living doubles, uh, historical averages it does. Um, so we need to be able to account for that with our, with our money and need it to grow over time. Um, so with our long-term investments, you know, we can afford to, to take on more risks and, and give that money more growth opportunity because we don't need it in the short term. Or short-term money, inflation isn't an issue. It's more just we want to maintain the, the value of it so that we have it ready to go when we actually do need it. Yep. And that way, you don't have to react quite as strongly when things do happen in the short term. You know, if, if our money that we need tomorrow is safe, we don't have to change anything about it, right? We don't have to, to move it necessarily if our money is federally insured in a bank account. It's, it's safe there. 
And we don't have to change anything in our long-term investments because we understand that even if the value of those long-term investments may go down in the short term over a long enough period of time, you know, history has shown that it will go up. We don't know that for absolutely 100% sure, but that's how it has worked in the past. And I think it's reasonable to, to kind of work with that moving forward as well. It's really important when we're investing to kind of remember what you're investing in and and think about the long-term implications of those investments. So you're investing in a whole bunch of different companies, you know, across the United States, across the world. And especially if you have a well-diversified portfolio, you know, if you're invested in a whole bunch of fast food companies and a whole bunch of companies that provide diapers and companies that provide financial services and banking services and companies that offer you internet search capabilities or the ability to buy things online and get them delivered to your door. Like none of those things are probably going to go away anytime soon, even if a particular company may fail. You know, these broader industries that feed us and clothe us and help with all of these sorts of things in our daily life, like that's that's not going to go away. Even if there's some sort of geopolitical risk, there's, you know, some uncertainty in the world, we still need a lot of this to get by. Maybe need is a strong word. We probably don't need McDonald's and Amazon, but we now rely on it, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that, you know, these long-term trends are going to be what they are. Um, And whether you're on the fence politically or, you know, half of the country is going to disagree with each other. Like, there's always going to be some disagreement there. But, you know, the millions and millions and millions of people that live here are a very large customer base for companies and investors who see things through a different lens, like we're we're going to make sure that, I mean, there's so many people. <laughs> the chances of everyone stopping buying things tomorrow is almost non-existent. For sure. Like you talk to people on different sides of the political aisle and, you know, they have drastically different thoughts, opinions on how things are going and how things should be handled and some reason correlate, you know, how well investments are going to do based on that. And again, separate political views and your thoughts on how the world should be run from your investments. Cause again, no matter what side of that aisle you're on, half the country is going to have a different viewpoint and that's a lot of customers for companies to, to serve uh, products and services to. So, you know, if you think a certain industry is dead or, you know, because, you know, the government's doing whatever or Congress or whatever, you know, insert political concern here, that might be valid, but there's also other people that might have a different thought process on it. So uh, we really want to try and separate, um, separate that from the equation and invest in a little bit of everything. That's why we'd be diversified so that we're always participating in the areas that are doing well. And if one area does get hit because of some global event, you know, law, regulation, whatever, you know, we're still invested elsewhere. So it's not going to hurt us too bad. Um, or if there's an industry that benefits from a, a global event, political change, regulation, law, you know, we'll be participating in the growth of that industry or those companies. So, um, yeah, like Rochelle said, you know, the individual companies may change, but the need to eat a hamburger, drink a soft drink, put a diaper on your baby, you know, take medicine. If you have a headache, 
you know, put a Band-Aid on if you have a cut. Um, you know, search for things on the Internet. Buy things on the Internet. Communicate over the Internet. Listen to this podcast over the Internet. Like, the, the, that's not going away. So, therefore, there's opportunities for companies in those spaces to, to still make money uh, by delivering, as long as there's people on the planet. Now, if there's if the world blows up, you know, doesn't matter because we're not here anymore but as long as there's people on this planet there's opportunities for companies to provide goods and services to us and therefore opportunities for investors in those companies to therefore benefit um you know and if you own stock in a company you are part owner of that company you participate in the company's profits when the company makes money you make money that's how you know owning a business works um and, and that's what you're invested in you're, you're not invested in this like nebulous thing of the stock market you're actually invested in companies you're not invested in the u.s government you're invested in you know you're not invested in politicians you're invested in the great companies of america and the rest of the world and as long as they're you know delivering goods and services to people there's opportunities for you to benefit in the long run yep you may also be invested in some not great companies but those ones will go away eventually <laughs> yeah, it's all it all depends on how you look at it. Absolutely. I think when we zoom out really far, though, it can give us some good perspective. So one interesting activity is to look up the value of the S&P 500, which is just one index. It's just large U.S. companies, but it's a good, you know, idea of, of what we're looking at here. But you can look at it on the day you were born. For me, it's 1983 because I'm getting a little older. And you look at it today and then you can figure out, you know, how many times has that, has that doubled since I was a kid or since I was born, since the day I was born? How many times has that doubled? So, Corey, you tell yours first because then we can end on the high note. There we go. Yeah, the market goes up and down over time. So, you know, timing is everything, right? Or luck of the draw. But for me, on my birthday, when I was born, the S&P 500 closed at 244. Today, the index is, uh, and it's fluctuating because we're in the middle of the trading day, but about 43.36. So from 244 up to 4,336. Now, you can't invest directly in an index, but there's plenty of low-cost index funds that can mirror the return of the index. Um, but basically, that's almost an 18x return, and that doesn't include dividend reinvestments. So like, if I magically had $100,000 the day I was born and invested it in the stock market back then... With dividends reinvested, I'd probably have upwards of $2 million today just from that one single uh, investment and, you know, give it a few decades to, to compound and, and voila, there we go. So <laughs> voila. Yeah. And mine looks even better because I'm older. That's why. Not much. But, but <laughs> <laughs> market had a, had a good little run, I guess, between when in you between and I were our born. births. <laughs> <laughs> so the S&P 500 was 162 on the day I was born. So 244 when Corey was born, 162, good, a good chunk lower when I was born. And that's a 27 times return. With dividends reinvested, with $100,000 invested on the front end on the day I was born, wish my parents had had that to put in the, the market for me, but <laughs> that would be worth about $3 million today which is huge. Like that's, that's such a big return. And obviously inflation makes the real return on that money a little bit lower. That's a thing we, you know, conveniently ignore sometimes, but it still grew way above and beyond what inflation did. 
So the best time to plant a tree, if we're going to use some analogies here, was 20 years ago. But the second best time is now. You know, if you want to put a tree in the ground, don't wait until next year or the year after. If you want it to grow and provide shade and habitat for your birds, today is the day to do it, which is something I think about a lot. I need to plant some trees. Birds. Yeah, we've got a hummingbird feeder out there. And uh, our fridge is filled with hummingbird food. Um, But anyways, so yeah, the, the time piece of it, like throughout history, there's always something crazy going on, no matter what, without fail, whether it's in your personal life, your community, your state, your city, your country, the world, um, like there's something crazy that is happening and you know, it's, it's really important that, you know, we separate those world events, geopolitics, etc., from our investments, because over time, like 30 years from now, not many people are going to remember the world events that are happening today. Sure. Some people will. And if you, you know, go back and, you know, watch a documentary one day on Netflix or whatever the, the new streaming service is at that point, um, you know, we probably will all have chips in our head and we can just like use our eyeballs <laughs> to laser a video on a wall. But, um, that oh, yeah, terrible. It, it might bring back some memories and like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. Like, yeah, it was, you know, um, but, uh, but it, 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 it's maybe not the, the most sensitive word, but it, it doesn't matter when it comes to our investments. Um, you know, I'm not, not trying to discount the unfortunate circumstances that are happening to, to many people out there. Um, but we really got to try and separate those events from how we're investing our money and invest in a diversified manner. Cause we've talked about, you never know what could happen that could take out a, a, a company or a, a, an industry or whatever. Um, you know, we, the, you know, travel agents used to be a booming business, not so much anymore. Um, you know, this, uh, things change, things evolve, but if we stay diversified or always invested in a little bit of everything and then let time do its thing, you know, companies will continue to make money. They'll continue to grow over time. And then you can, you know, if you're patient enough, give yourself decades to invest, you'll be pretty impressed with the results. If you just let it work its magic and, and don't touch it, um, just stay diversified, stay invested and let it compound over a long period of time. And, you know, like we just illustrated, and I, I encourage you guys all to go do that same exercise. Go look up what the S&P 500 was on your birth date. Maybe even go back to your parents' birth date if you really want to see how much it's come along. Um, or your kids' birth dates. You know, it's, I know the index is about 10 or 15% off its all-time high as of now, but we're still you know, significantly above where we were 30, 40 years ago. So, and I expect 30, 40 years from now, it to be significantly higher than it is today. Could be wrong. Who knows? Can't predict the future. Maybe it'll, you know, stagnate and be flat. But, um, you know, if companies are paying dividends, as long as you're still investing and getting dividend reinvestments, it's going to compound and grow over time. And if you can continue to add money periodically, you know, a lot of you listening are still working, you're earning a paycheck, you know, every paycheck, take a portion of that paycheck invested in your 401k, your 403b, your Roth IRA, your brokerage account, you know, if the market's going down, you're buying shares at lower prices, market's going up, you're, you're buying less shares with your dollars because prices are higher, but you know, it's dollar cost averaging. Um, 
you know, and it ultimately you should see even in a kind of a, a, fl a fluctuating up and down market by doing that, you still should see some growth in your portfolio because when share prices are lower, you're buying a larger quantity of those shares and the average price, you know, therefore works out in your favor. So I think there's one thing that we can kind of separate out here a little bit that I'm, I'm realizing maybe we skipped over, but you know, when we're thinking about separating like these geopolitical concerns or, you know, all of the different world events from our investment strategy, what we're trying to say is we don't want to let that make us overly concerned about our investment returns. But you can potentially make some value-based decisions on your investing. Like I had clients last year, for example, when Russia invaded Ukraine that were like, I don't want to be invested in any Russian companies, period. And there are some things that you can adjust in your investments if things are really, really concerning to you and you really want to adjust your investments because of some value-based decisions, you can do that. And you want to separate that from your expectations of investment returns. Like we're doing that not because we want our portfolio to grow more over time, but because we have some very real concerns about what's happening. So those are changes that you can potentially make in portfolios, not necessarily saying that we would recommend it, but there's some things that are separate from financial concerns. Like we may have some very real concerns about the way the world is going that are separate from whether or not we want our investments to grow over time. And and so those are two totally separate conversations that are both valid. Yeah, have values-based investing, faith-based investing, you know, that 100% on board with that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you want to invest a certain way because of the way, uh, you know, things you believe in, I'm all for it. Um, it but yeah, what we're talking about today more so is the Remaining diversified, remaining invested, not trying to time the market, not, you mm -hmm. know, seeing some crazy news headline and thinking the market's going to crash. Let's sell everything and go to gold because that'll be our safe haven because you just don't know. We don't know. We can't predict yep. the future. Um, you know, trying to time the market, you know, is very difficult to begin with, but you also have to get it right twice in order to profit off of it. You know, you got to catch the 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 downturn and the upswing at the right at the at the bottom and the apex in order to to actually make it work in your favor very very hard to do because again you can't see the future coming at you you don't know what crazy event is going to happen next that could shock the system and and you know change things up a bit so um, yeah really focus on what you can control there's a lot of stuff out there that's out of your control can't control governments can't control the weather can't control what stocks or asset classes investors may favor. If you do have an influence over that, you'll be subject to an SEC investigation and likely serve time in prison. So don't try to influence other investors in mass to buy or sell a certain thing. Regulators don't like that. Um, you're manipulating the market, which isn't allowed. But uh, really all you can control is how much you're investing and where you're investing. So kind of getting back to the values base, if you want to invest in, in specific areas or exclude specific areas, that's fine. Um, but we don't want to be swinging our portfolio around, uh, you know, like you're on a, you know, inner tube being pulled behind a boat on a, on a fun ride. It, it's uh, you know, we want to just have our plan, stick to that plan, whatever that plan is, and sure, we make minor adjustments along the way as our circumstances change and objectives may change. And maybe there are some outside influences that 
you know, require us to make some minor adjustments to how we're invested, but it shouldn't be knee jerk reactions based on news headlines or political events. Um, and yeah, we don't know what's going to do well moving forward. So that's why we want to be diversified and, uh, yeah, go Rochelle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think all of these things can be really emotionally challenging. So it's important just to, you know, take care of yourself the best you can when you're thinking about those kinds of things and, and don't let that part spill over into being overly concerned about like, oh, is my nest egg safe? You know, all of those kinds of things. That's with long-term investments, that's not a stress that you need to take on short-term. You have enough short-term stresses. Like don't make that one of them. Um, and just try to be consistent over a long period of time. And I think that's your your best strategy. Even if, you know, there there can be really, really big things that are outside of our control and we want to focus on what we can control as much as possible. For sure. And if the world blows up and we cease to exist, we no longer need our money anyways. So it doesn't matter. So very true. There we go. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you all ever have questions or want to hear us talk about something specific, send us an email. Let us know. You can find us on our website. You can find us wherever you find the podcasts, obviously. But we love hearing from you all. So reach out. Yep. Love it when I hear from you guys. It's always fun. So have a good one. See you next time. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP. Instagram at Corey Janoff or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the affinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.